This is Real Estate Team Builders, and I'm your host, Lars Hedenborg, the founder of Real Estate B-School. The real estate team building world is driven by big egos who boast about how many homes they've sold or how much GCI they've earned. We don't hear much about their low profit margins, the long hours they put in each week, or the unbearable stress they endure. In fact, I've discovered that most real estate teams are losing money when you consider the amount of personal production their owners must do to make ends meet. I believe that if you want to profitably scale your real estate team without working crazy hours, enduring unhealthy levels of stress, or coming up short at home, then thinking like a business owner, building sustainable systems, and empowering your team are absolute musts. You won't find any smoke and mirrors or hype here on my podcast just the real-world tools, systems, and strategies that work. So if you struggle to balance growing your real estate business with focusing on the areas of life that truly matter, then this show is for you. All right, welcome back to Real Estate Team Builders. Uh, we're in for a treat today. We get to, to dive into the business of Justin Woodall. He's in Athens, Georgia, with which is just east of Atlanta, about an hour or so. I think uh, you you were talking. Uh, yeah. Justin will do about uh, with his team about 225 sides uh, this year, about 60 million of production, and he is out of production. So one of the myths, because we don't see it very often, is that you know it's hard to build your real estate team into an actual business where you can kind of take over that coach manager type position in the business. So we're going to dive into Justin's business today and some of the things that he had to go through um, in order to make that make that shift in the systems that he had to build, that, uh, build out. So Justin, give us a couple minutes on a little bit your background. Um, maybe tell us the composition of the team and kind of hook us in here to, uh, to listen to the rest of the episode. Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. So I started in real estate in 2004. So I've been doing it for a little while and, and just Ticked along as a solo agent for, I guess, probably about eight years uh, when I started really trying to grow the team. And, you know, if you remember back then, Lars, there were very few teams, especially in my market. There was no, there were no teams in my market when I started doing this, but I, I got to the place that I, I knew if I ever wanted to have any, any amount of freedom or any, you know, I just, I had to build that, you know, I'll never forget the, the, the one day, it was like a Friday that we were getting ready to leave to go on vacation the next day. And I had a doctor call me. He was moved from out of state. He said, hey, I'm coming to Athens this weekend and I'm coming to buy a house. I will have a house under contract before I leave. And we were going on vacation, you know, and he's buying a, you know, I don't know, a $400,000 house or something. And so I remember telling my wife, you know, it, it's not, and I ended up referring it out. So I got a little piece of it, but it's not what it could have been had I been in town or had I had a team at that time. And so I remember telling my wife, it's not the cost of this vacation or the cost of this condo at the beach that we're leasing. The cost is the, the revenue that I'm not making because I'm gone, you know? And, and I just remember from that, that was kind of a pivotal point for me when I said, you know, I have got to, to build a business and have something that when I go on vacation, I'm not losing money for going on vacation. And so from that point on, I started trying to, I read uh, the, the Millionaire Real Estate Agent by Gary Keller. And that kind of opened my eyes to what can be done. And then from that day on, I said, all right, well, I'm going to, hire an assistant and I'm going to start, start building a team. And so that's what, what we did. That's awesome. There's not a single busy agent listening that cannot relate to that story <laughs> where you're, you're either doing that. And, and there's just a weird feeling around like lost revenue, or you're like sneaking out of date night and you're responding to a deal, you know, in the bathroom, like, Hey honey, I've, I've got to go take a leak. 
and you're like working a deal. It's like, you sure that was a leak? You were gone for like 10 minutes. Well, I'm stomach issues. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely. I have been there, done that, in, you know, texting in the bathroom, making a phone call outside. I've been on vacation at the beach and been walking around on the beach, doing a deal, talking on my phone, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, it just it, and and you can do that for a little while. But eventually, I think anybody reaches a point that they they almost burn out or they just they just kind of get it just gets to be too much. You know, and um, so so my answer to that was I needed to find some leverage, needed to build a team because I love real estate. I love what I do, but I just didn't want to be the guy doing it 100 percent of the time, always. Awesome. And you'll do this year, maybe just a few deals, but no, no production of the 225 is is from you. You're you're strictly in that coach slash manager position. Is that right? Yeah, I would say probably 98 percent. You know, I'll go if it's a if it's a good friend or a really good past client or somebody that's really close to me that calls and says, hey, you know, I want to list my house. I'll go on that appointment with my listing partner. Uh, we, you know, we'll go together just to kind of make the introduction, you know, because and, and meet with them and, and catch up with them. And then he takes it from there. So, so I, on those high level people that are close to me, I'm a little bit more involved, but, but he handles, you know, the majority of it. So, I mean, and, and, and that's only because I probably just have a little bit of a problem letting go. That's the only reason, you know, and, and, and I don't want them to feel like I just completely, you know, ignored them or, or didn't even have time to come speak to them. So. Yeah. And, and I see that in most really well-run teams where the, the owners exited production there may be even just as like in 2020 or maybe 19. I mean, I probably went on five appointments, you know, they were all like 750 plus, you know, in my market, which is, which is a, a good price point, but um, you're still not taking the listing. Like you're bringing your partner along. Right. And, and, right. and they're like, Hey, you don't want me on this deal. Right. I'm, I'm, this is the guy that's playing the position at the highest level. Um, yeah. So let's, let's break it down a little bit. So it's this, you know, most team leaders, you, you, you know, teams where they built it on the wrong economic model They're they've scaled and they're so proud of the hundreds of homes they're selling. But if you strip away their production, there, there is no profit. Um, so let's break it down into a, a few things. When you contemplate looking back, like how'd you go from like eyeballs deep and sometimes more deep in the business in terms of production and helping your agents to now you, you know, you're, you're not working weekends, um, but you're still serving your agents. What's like the first thing you have to put in, put in place, like to be able to, to, to know that the business can run without you. Well, I mean, I, I think you, you've, you've got to start building it. It's almost like the org chart. You know, you've got your organization chart and you're every, you're every box until you start to hire the assistant. And then you plug it, the assistant into certain roles and then you plug the buyer's agents into certain roles, but you've got to have design or, or designated roles for, for each person to play. And, and you are all those roles when you first start. But, and when you're in all those roles, it, it's, it's building checklists. And my assistant helped me tremendously uh, doing that. I think he's been with me eight or 10 years now, a long time, but building those checklists to say, Hey, we take a new listing. What do we do? It's this, 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 and this, and it's a, it's a checklist. It's a systematic way of doing it. Uh, you know, you've got to have a listing presentation so that, you know, a buyer presentation so that when you stop meeting with buyers, you're able to train your agent into doing the things the way you want them done. Uh, because otherwise it's just kind of a free for all and they do what they want to do. And there, there's no consistency within your team. So if you want to maintain the integrity of your team, continue serving your clients at a high level, you've got to have the systems in place. And then you teach those agents how to 
fulfill your and, and, and implement your systems. Awesome. So let's let's break down each of those almost in a way where, you know, us as listeners, we can implement some of this stuff. So um, you talk about talk about working with your assistant because that's the most painful work there is. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, I took a listing and here's what I would have done if I didn't have an assistant. But let's sit next to the assistant and painfully spend the time to like write out the checklist. So talk about like 85% of agents don't even have an administrator. So they're doing the 90% of an agent's job as administrative. So it's like this massive, you know, we're, we're all administrators in our business if we don't have that support. So talk about like the actual nuts and bolts of building a system alongside an administrator. What does it look like? Well, and, and I would just, if I could, Laura, just back up for just a second there and, and I'll never forget. And, and so if people are listening and they are a solo agent with no assistant, I'm going to tell you, it was the scariest thing I ever did. I mean, looking back now, it, it, it's, it's, it's nothing for me to hire somebody or, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm looking for that leverage now, but it, I'm in a completely different place financially than I was then too. But back then it was like, man, I, I gotta, I gotta be responsible to write somebody a check every, every week or every month or, you know, and, and, you know, like it was just scary. It was scary to hire, to make that first hire. But looking back, man, it, it, there's so much freedom that comes with that. And then, and then even when you add those buyer's agents, there's so much freedom that comes with that. So if, if they're, they're a solo agent, you know, and they're doing a bunch of admin work, I would say, hey, it only takes a few more deals for you to be able to pay that assistant. And so if you can get some systems in place, have your admin hire somebody, even if it's part-time to start to run that side of things for you, it will give you so much more freedom, but then don't use that freedom to go fishing or go play golf, you know, use that freedom to go generate more business and grow your team. And then you'll have no problem paying that assistant. Yeah. Awesome. That's a really good point. And I think there is a lot of fear, you know, with, with folks that maybe haven't managed somebody they haven't built a business before, and you just need to look at your time and just understand that there are critical activities that need to get done but they're in my market, they're like 20 to 25 bucks an hour type activities. And if you want to make $250 an hour or $150 an hour, you can't, by definition, you can't spend a lot of time doing those activities. So um, what can you tell us about those checklists, getting, getting an administrator to take over those sort of tasks? So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's working hand in hand with them until you get it ironed out. And then once it's ironed out, then they just run with it. You know, and so we're, we're to the point now, my team, when, when my listing partner gets ready to do a listing, we fill out a Google form with the address and the person's contact information. The admin takes it, they put a packet together, they pull the deed, they pull the plat, they pull all the tax record information, uh, pull everything we need, they put it in a packet. Um, and the agent basically is able to grab that packet, run, run some comps if they want to, do a little market analysis and go out the door with it. And then when they bring it back, they turn it back in again, you know, and pictures are scheduled. And the listing goes in and the agent's not having to do all of those administrative tasks because even my agent's time is, is worth more. And so, yeah, so, 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 let, so let me slow you down. I want okay. you to list out, like, say all the tasks that happen from like, from getting the call to go on the listing, just rattle as many as you can in a row, literally all the way to closing, just just, I want you to just say them because you did a really good job as you were saying it. I'm like, admin, 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 <laughs> admin. So really just go from, you get the call, you hang up, what happens all the way through closing on your team on the listing side? 
So once, so on the listing side, once we schedule an appointment, because I still do these occasionally as well. You know, if it's somebody, past client, somebody knows me, calls me directly, I'll set the appointment. I've got, we share calendars in Google. So I know when Ashley's available. I know when I'm available. And I'll schedule a time when we're both available so that we can go on that appointment together. But if I set a listing appointment today, I'm going in. We've got a, I've got a Google link saved on my computer. We go in. I fill out the information. It's the, the client's name, phone number, email, um, the date of the appointment. So that the, our admin knows, hey, you need to have that uh, packet to me well in advance so I can pull comps and kind of run and get my head straight and get things together or, or so that Ashley can before we go on that appointment. Um, so all that goes into a Google Doc and it shows up in their email. Uh, so then, the, the, then they, they, they have a checklist of everything that they pull. So they're pulling the disclosures, they're pulling a listing agreement because I know all agents don't operate this way, but we like to get it signed at the table before we get up and walk away. So there's a there's a listing pack, there's a listing agreement in there. Address is pre-filled. You know, all the fields are filled in, so we're not having to write it in, but it's there. We're able to go through it with them and get them to sign it while we're there. There's a disclosure in there. There's our uh, affiliated business disclosures in there. There are, you know, the, the tax printout, the deed, the plat, anything else that we need in that folder is there along with our promotional materials as well. You know, if we get up to leave and somebody says, well, we're going to think it over. We're interviewing somebody else, whatever. We have promotional materials that we can leave with them in hopes that at least they will call us back if we can't lock it down at that appointment. Uh, we try to be last when we can so that we can lock that appointment in or, or lock that listing in, but that doesn't always happen. So um, yeah, so that, that happens. And then we're able to take that packet, go on the appointment, do the presentation. And when I brought on the listing agent the first time, and I did the same thing with the buyer's agents, basically we sat side by side, went on every appointment together for probably six or eight months before, you know, he was able to see me do it time and time again, see me answer objections time and time again, see the process. I mean, we have a literal process. I go over this information, then I go over this information, then I go over this. And so, I mean, we it's all a defined process. So he's able to go in now and do it exactly the way I did it. Um, you know, of course he has a little different uh, personality, a little different flair, but it's it's basically the, the same process that we used that has been successful for many years. So, and then once that listing is taken, that packet's brought back, the listing agreement is in there. It's able to be scanned and uploaded. Uh, if they didn't fill out the disclosure, because we have a pre-listing packet we'll oftentimes send out as well. Sometimes they fill it out, they have it ready. If they don't, that disclosure oftentimes comes, comes later, but the, the necessary paperwork that we need to upload into our system is there. Uh, we have a, an intake form where we put when they, they intend to have, be ready for pictures, when they intend to go live on the market. So all that, the admin knows when that is, so the pictures can be scheduled and they can be scheduled to go into MLS. So the listing agent knows when that's gonna happen, but he's not the one that's coordinating the pictures. He's not the one that is, you know, inputting the information in MLS. He's off to the next deal, you know, to go up, go list another house, or he's negotiating an offer on the house he listed last week or what have you. Yeah. So, and, and so like, and just hearing you say it all, 90% of what you were saying, it, it's straight up administrative in nature. So getting to the front door, you know, building rapport, giving a presentation, getting them to take action and, and, and agree to do business with you. And then negotiating a deal when an offer comes in, like anything outside of those things, they're not sales activities. And so the, the work that you did was just to sl slow down and, and just take time to sit with your, with your administrators, uh, your administrator 
uh, or your your agent and just build this process out. So sure. I think it's well, just a good. Go ahead. No, I just think it's good to hear you say all the stuff because if you're listening and you're like, I do that, I do that, I do that, I do that, you're playing the wrong game. Like you, you, you cannot scale when you're in all the positions and you're doing the 80% of the job that's administrative. Well, and there's, there's no way my listing agent can list and sell the number of houses that he does if he were doing all that on him on his own. And so back that up even further, go back, you know, eight or 10 years when it was me doing it all by myself. I couldn't do all of that. I couldn't do the transactions if I didn't hand some of that off either. And, and, and Lars, when I look back and think about how hard it was to make that first hire, that first assistant, you know, and, 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 and I think all of us kind of struggle with, well, you know, these are my clients. I got to make sure it's done right. I got to, you know, nobody cares like I do. And, and, and I'm, I'm the best person to do it. And when we hold on to everything and, but you got to let it go. And what you'll find is there are people that are wired to do paperwork that they just love doing paperwork and they love making sure all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed and that's their thing. And for a lot of us, it's making more production happen. So if we go do our thing, specialize in that. And so, so we broke our team out where we, we basically consider ourselves specialists. You know, you're listing specialist, buyer specialist, or you're on the admin team. And, you know, so you specialize in those roles and you're able to get really good at those specific roles. And that's just what you do. And, and then as a team, we're all able to go further together than we could all do individually. And it's a win-win for all of us. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, one thing we spoke about, and maybe it's it's the next thing that you had to contemplate as you were sort of going the team the team route, is like the the economic model and like making sure that foundationally you have it built built the right way. Can you speak to splits or how you spend money? Talk about the you know the 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 CFO hat that you need to wear as a team leader versus just a running and gunning producing agent. Right. I would say, you know, and, and I started building my team a little bit before you and I ever coached together. Um, so I didn't, so I built it similar to what you have, but I didn't quite follow your numbers. Uh, looking back, I wished I had uh, because it would have ended up being a whole lot more profitable. I knew from the beginning that the 50-50 that so many people do is not going to work. You're never going to be able to exit production that way. Uh, so we did build in some, some value-based splits for buyer's agents and the listing agent. So if, if they bring in the deal themselves, they get paid more. If it's one that we hand off to them, they get paid less. And it's just who brings the most value there. And we just kind of broke it down to that, to that regard. Um, but you do, if, if you're paying out too much off the top to your agents, there's just not, a, not enough left to do the marketing that you need to do to generate leads for those agents, hire the admin team that you need to support those agents and have profit left over for yourself. So you've got to get your your ratio is right. You've got to have your metrics right uh, in order to have a profitable, profitable business when you exit. And you see so many teams that the team leader is still in production or so many brokerages even where the broker is still in production. And that's why, because they're paying out these enormous splits to the agents because they think that's what's going to attract agents to their company. And there's just not enough left for them to actually run a business. So they're, they're stuck in the grind, just like if they were an agent on their own. So I knew to be out, I had to make sure that my, my numbers worked well. So, yeah. And, and just to pick up on that, you know, maybe you can, you can expand on it. So maybe let's get into the conversation with, you know, agents joining your team and how do you, how do you have a conversation around value-based commission splits and like, Hey, you know, trust that getting less of every commission check is going to help you make more money at the end of the year, where to me, the whole splits game is ridiculous. 
Like it's ridiculous. If I can show you a path to multiple six figures in my real estate team working 50 hours a week, do you care what the splits are? Like it just flips the whole conversation be like, oh, that'd be awesome to make $200,000. I mean, I could do that working 50 hours a week. Yeah, but your splits are like, we're taking about 78% of your commission checks. Be like, wait, I would never do that. But you just told me you wanted to make 200 grand, <laughs> you know? So talk, talk about that conversation. It's a little frustrating. I have a lot of, you know, baggage around it being in the business for so long. But, but what's, what's your opinion about take home money versus splits and how do you navigate those conversations? Well, and honestly, some agents will have that conversation and they'll consider it and look at it. Obviously they're on my team, but there are some agents I've met with plenty of agents that just don't even, they just, they won't even get it. it, it. And I honestly, when I meet with agents, I bring the splits in last, you know, we talk about all the things we do and then we talk about the splits because so many of them get hung up on that. And they say, well, I'm, you know, if you, your splits are too low, I'm not interested in, and, Reality is, it's kind of like, well, 100% of, do you want 100% of two deals or do you want, you know, 30% of 50 deals? You know, I mean, what, what, what comes out better, you know? And so it, it, it's not for everybody, but the agents on my team are all doing quite well. Uh, there's there's constant lead flow for them. And, and then we already talked about all the administrative support. So, you know, a lot of these agents think, well, I want to, I'm, I'm getting an 80% split or a 90% split or whatever but they don't have the support. So they are all those admin roles that we just talked about, you know, they're doing that as well. So yeah, they're getting paid a little bit more, but how many more houses could they sell if they plugged into somebody else's system? So, and it's just like anything else. Some agents can see it, some cannot. And, you know, it, 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 we're not for everybody, but, uh, but the agents on our team, if they, if they want to work, uh, we have a good opportunity to provide for them. So. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's awesome. I just had a thought and it totally escaped me. It was going to be a life changer for all the listeners. And I just, I just forgot it. Um, maybe it was around. Um, yeah. So agents. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it, there's a lot of risk you take on and, and there's mindset, like even hiring your first administrator. Now it seems like, ah, it's only an administrator, right? You know, that's just part of the business. Um, but the leap of faith that you had to take and, and to kind of go down this, this route, the, the team is, is built. So a well-run team is built for, the agents, you know, and, and our initial, you know, push into a team as team builders is because our life became unmanageable and we needed an assistant. And then it kind of scaled from there. But as you develop a, a team, it's really like, how do I provide the most amount of value where my agents can take on more money and less time with less stress? Um, so any, any comment around that, you know, I've even had team members, you know, comment that it must be great, you know, to be in your positions like some days, you know, some days it is, some days it is not great. I promise you. So talk well, about that I, I a little think, bit. I think a lot of them don't understand the overhead that as team leaders we carry either, you know, because we got a lot of salaries we're paying. We got a lot of marketing and ad spend that we're paying, you know, so, so there's a lot of overhead that comes along with it. Um, so, I mean, there are, there have been some months that they, you know, if the production is not there, I don't make any money. You know, there's some months I make great money and there's been a few months where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to make any money or I'm, I'm actually losing a little money this month. So, you know, it, it, it's, it comes and goes just like any, any, any sales job, you know, if they're in commission, there's probably some, some months that they may not have 
you know, sold enough to, to cover their bills either. So it happens and it all, all evens out in the end, but, but yeah, I mean, there's some risk that comes along with it. I mean, like I said, we've got a pretty good, pretty big nut to cover every month. So. Yeah, actually the point I was going to make, and it just came to me, nobody really talks about in our industry that the average two-year agent takes home $9,000. The average seven-year agent is at 49,000 gross before they pay their broker or any expenses. And our 16-year veterans are at $72,000. So the industry has proven pre-expenses, you know, you're at nine, two years in, 40, whatever, you know, average seven years in, and then your veterans are, are grossing 70 grand, you know, and, and a spot on a well-run team is like, I can show you a legitimate path, you know, to 50, 60, 75, 100,000 if you just trust that the systems will do the heavy lifting for you. So, well, I mean, um, I would say this because we run as a small, efficient team, uh, my agents within, you know, two or three years, they're making six figures, you know, on my team. And so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing really well. Now the splits are smaller, sure, but they're making more money than most of their colleagues out there. So, yeah, let's, let's uh, end with a, a little bit of a conversation, you know, so you, you got into the business, you're like top, producer, like you're the player, right? So you're, you're like a, you're a player and that, that positioning into more of a, a coach and a manager, any comment on, on that journey, anything that you can tell us to avoid some of the pitfalls, or you wish you knew this before you were put in that position? I mean, I, you know, I, one, one thing, Lars, I will say that I have loved to see in this team building journey is I love to see my agents come from, you know, whatever position they came from and come onto my team and then be making two or three times or four times what they were making before, you know, and just to be able to see them succeed. I just love to see them plug into my system, know that I was able to contribute to their success and see them be out, go out there and be wildly successful. I love seeing that. And, and, it, and it truly is a win-win because their success is my success, but I love seeing other people uh succeed so so that has just that has been one of the joys that has come along with it the frustrations that come along with it is some some agents just don't want it as bad as others you know they're just not as hungry as others and so they just don't get after it the way you want them to or they you know they 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 don't follow the script that they're supposed to or they don't answer the phone when they're supposed to or whatever and so those are the frustrations that i face because but again we got to remember not everybody's as, as driven as we are. Not everybody wants the same things that we want, but those, those are some frustrations that come along sometimes. And I think as leaders, we just have to lead better and, and encourage them and, and, um, and, and help them from that regard. Uh, and then as far as it is a lot of, you know, I'm doing a lot more training coaching as we bring in new agents, you know, they need a lot of help, you know, so it, it's, it's teaching them how to do the buyer presentation you know, how to answer that sign call, what to say, how to say it, how to go for the appointment, uh, you know, how to, how to negotiate the offer when there's three or four or 10 other offers on a house, you know, what do you tell your, your buyer so that they can win the house? So I'm doing a lot of that kind of coaching now. Um, I, uh, part of me misses being out in the hustle and bustle a little bit, but what I don't miss is being on call all the time. It feels like, you know, like it, like it used to be, um, you know, getting calls at, you know, eight o'clock on Friday night or, you know, on Saturdays, Sundays. I mean, you know, it just, just, it seems like it's a 24 seven. You're always on when you're a real estate agent and you can do that for a while. Um, but it, 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 but it takes its toll on you, you know, it starts to, starts to wear on you. And so what's been nice about this now is 
you know, I'm, I, I haven't worked a Saturday or Sunday and I don't know when, you know, I just, I just, I just haven't. And so I'm home with my kids. I'm, you know, I'm home in the evenings, go to, go to ball games or, you know, whatever. Um, I, I don't miss those things. I'm able to go to those things. I, I'm not missing out. I'm not having to say, well, I got to go show a house or I got to do this or do that. Um, and then the other side of it too, because we're a team, we're able to kind of allow our agents to have some time off from time to time as well and just and somebody else cover for them. So so we try to kind of balance it out so that I'm not the only one that's able to have some time off, but they do as well. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, 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 well, you know, some of these teams that we see in different markets, they're they're really not a team, like they're not there for each other. It's a, more of a loose collection of uh, of people. So that that is a, a, a for sure benefit. So I, I don't ask every guest this, um, but when someone uh, comes on the podcast and they have, because this is not the EXP show, um, but when, when someone playing real estate at the highest level, which, which you are, um, has pivoted to EXP because you came from, from the independent side. Um, I like to give you a chance to say, you know, why, why would you do that? Why would you pivot from independent into EXP? What, what are your thoughts on that? You know, it, it took me a long time to, to really see it, Lars. I, you know, I went from, I didn't tell my whole journey, but when I started as a solo agent, I was a coal banker, tried to build a team. Didn't fit the model there. So I went to Keller Williams because they were set up for a team. Thought about going independent at that time. But I said, you know what? I don't need to have all the stress of running a brokerage. I need to keep selling. I need to sell, sell, sell. That's what's going to be the answer to growing. And so I, I, so I plugged into Keller Williams, grew, uh, sold a lot of houses, grew the team. And after we'd been there about four years, it just kind of got to the point. I said, man, we're sending a lot of money up the ladder that doesn't really make sense. And we're not getting a lot of value. Maybe it's time to go out and do our own thing. So that's when we went independent. So I was independent for about five years. Never thought I would do anything different, Lars. It was just, I mean, there's some freedom that comes with that. You know, I mean, I call my own shots. I, you know, I do what I want to do. Um, as the broker, you know, I, I make the decisions and, and everything. And so it, it was good. And, and we did really well about the first three years. The last couple of years, we kind of plateaued a little bit. And, I, you know, and I'm so growth minded. I'm just kind of like, well, how do we you know, what, what do we do? So we were looking at a lot of different options and all of a sudden EXP showed up again after, it, you know, I had kind of seen it, had somebody approach me about it three years ago. And I just kind of said, not interested. You know, I, I left Keller Williams for a reason. I'm independent. I'm just not interested in, in hooking up with anything else. But as I looked at EXP, if I could just have one, one liner to say, why did I do it? It's just so much, it's such a bigger opportunity uh, with EXP than I could ever do on my own, not just for me, but for my agents as well. And for anybody that works with me into the future. And it allows me to grow, not just in Athens, but I can grow anywhere. You know, I can align with agents across the country, across the globe and help to build, help them to build their business, pour into them. And, 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 and it's, it's, you know, there's a phrase at EXP, it's one big fire. And it really is because everybody's helping everybody. And it's, it's, they truly have created a win-win. And until you take the time to look at it, you just don't see it. You know, I, I thought for many years, it's just, it's Keller Williams. It's a knockoff of Keller Williams. That's really what I thought. Uh, but it's, it's, it's not, there's some similarities, but it's, it's, it's Keller Williams uh, multiplied, you know, a hundred times over. I mean, it's just, it's Keller Williams on steroids. If you want to put it that way, it, it really is. Um, in my opinion, the best brokerage out there with lots of opportunity. So, so that's in a nutshell, that's, that's uh, without going deep into all the, the individual reasons, it's just, a, it was just a bigger opportunity for myself and my team. And I think when we look back in a few years, you know, looking out into the future, 
we look back in a few years, we're going to say, man, this was a great decision. So yeah, and and as a as a team builder, now you're in a unique position with your agents where there is no like, I'm going to be partnered with you forever. Man, if you want to stay on the team and crush it on the team, if you want to go out on your own, if you want to build your own team, right now we're like uniquely partnered with everyone in our world to help to to help help each other grow. So it's really really um, cool. So I would say reach out to Justin if you've been a naysayer. You know, you guys have heard my journey with EXP. Um, I would say if if you're Justin kind of made the point, like if if you're a solo top agent and you're struggling with leverage, or if you're at any point in the journey. Just um, I put together a report called the Real Estate Business Growth Navigator. We actually teach to these six stages of growth in Real Estate B-School. Go to realestatebusinessgrowth.com, just download the report, and you can kind of see where you are, see what tools and systems you should be working on, the questions you should be asking yourself. So that's realestatebusinessgrowth.com. Reach out to Justin if you have any questions. My brother, appreciate your time. This was super, super valuable. Um, just appreciate your heart for... Um, just for helping others and uh, being in our community. So I'm uh, honored to be partnered with you. I appreciate you as well. You've, you've poured into me and helped me a lot over the years. Thank you. Awesome. We'll talk soon. All right. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Would you please take a minute to share the show with other team leaders who may be struggling? And if you love the podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you wanna learn step-by-step how to build a profitable real estate team that allows you to get out of the real estate grind and live the lifestyle you've been dreaming about, visit us at joinrebs.com. That's joinrebs.com. Our coaching, training systems and support will help you get more high quality leads, increase your conversions and sales, improve your client experience, and allow you to scale your real estate business all while reducing the amount of hours you work and the stress you endure. Just go to joinrebs.com for more info now. See you on the next episode.